welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tim and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. What it do? Party people <laughs> in the house. <laughs> Thought I'll change it up a little bit this week. Yeah, I like that though. Well, hopefully they party people. Are you party people, listeners? I hope so. Yeah. At least one of you guys have to be a party people. <laughs> well, we know one of us is a party people, and that is Renee. If you listen to the podcast, you already know that. Probably so. I would imagine that they do, though. <laughs> we can jump right into some NASCAR talk for a change, unless, I don't know, did you do anything special this weekend? Actually, you know what? Surprisingly, Tam, I did nothing, anything special this weekend. I stayed in town. It was kind of like low-key. I didn't even have any shows, but I just kind of went around and uh, just kind of showed my face in some of the comedy clubs thinking maybe I could probably get up. But I didn't. But either way it goes, I was able to stay in town. It was nice and relaxing for once for a change and uh, not much going on. Okay, well, let's just jump into some NASCAR talk. And in fact, because we were in Texas and I just want to make a comment. I tweeted about it and I guess I could pull up the tweets, but I want you guys to head over to our Twitter account turns no breaks and check it out for yourself but the stands were pretty empty at texas motor speedway and i was trying to figure out why and i came to the conclusion i was like well the cowboys don't play until monday and the dallas mavericks don't even play until tuesday so i was just a little bit baffled as to why no one showed up for texas yeah. It's Texas Motor Speedway. It's not Daytona, but at least they do go fast. They going almost close to 200 miles an hour going around the track. But for whatever reason, I guess it didn't excite people. I don't know if that's a sign of what's going on in NASCAR or was it just a fluke, but the stands were pretty thin. Yeah, I was looking at that, Tam, and I was just saying to myself, wow, I said, like, I'm hoping people are running late. I'm hoping people are at the concession stands. I don't know. And then it's like nobody ever really showed up to kind of fill in the seats. But uh, nevertheless, they had at least somewhat of a crowd there. I think, too, we never take into account the people who are in the motorhome area. Yeah. So are more people just hanging out in the motorhome area than hanging out in the stands? But at one point, NASCAR had the motorhomes cracking as well as the stands cracking and the viewers at home. You know, I should have looked up the... Nielsen ratings to see how many people tuned in. But nonetheless, we can't talk about it and cry about it. I mean, we can talk about it, but we can't go on and on and drill on it because it is what it is. It was what it was. But what we can talk about is your boy, Kevin Harvick, who it was like, dude, he hit a switch on that last restart and he blew by Ryan Blaney like Ryan Blaney was going five miles an hour and he was going 100 miles an hour. Tam, I could not believe how much he accelerated away from not just Blaney, but from everybody. It was like it came out and had a brand new engine, a brand new car, a brand new everything. And I mean, you want to talk about flying like a bat out of hell. Harvick did it. Wow. What an amazing end of the race that was. Yes, it definitely was. And I'm going to get into where the playoff drivers stand. And I'm actually not going to do the top 10 this week. However, I do want to talk about Kevin Harvick at the very end of the race, 
It made my day. If you guys were watching it, if it didn't bring a smile to your face, then I'm not quite sure why you're so hard in life. But when Harvick went and pulled the young boy out the stands, yeah, that was like, whoa, it was just awesome sauce, as the young folks would say. I really enjoyed that moment. And I am at a crossroads with NASCAR. We have talked about it before. This podcast is a grind. Hopefully we'll feel refreshed over the break and we'll come back next season. But I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, ugh. And then when Harvick took the time to pull the guy, the young man out the stands and then went back and gave him the flag, I was like, this is why I love NASCAR. Yeah. Like that feel good moment really kind of lifted my spirits in regards to my love-hate relationship with NASCAR. Yeah, well, I second that motion, Tim. Okay, well, let's jump into what our playoff drivers are doing. As you guys already know, we are in the round of eight, and we have one more race before we eliminate four drivers, and the other four drivers go on to Miami for the final four in the final race. Harvick won the race, as we already talked about, Joy Logano, and we're going to talk about Joy and Eric Amarola in a bit. Joy Logano came in third, and this is just the playoff drivers. I'm not breaking down the top 10, only the drivers that are in the playoffs. Chase Elliott came in sixth, Kurt Busch seventh, Eric Amarola eighth, Martin Truex Jr. ninth, Kyle Busch 17th, and Clint Boyer. Oh, my man, Clint Boyer, he came in 26th. Yeah, that was I'm rough. I'm not sure. Oh, go ahead. I said, no, that, yeah, that was rough. It was rough. I mean, did you see at the end of the race when they caught up with him? I think he said five words. <laughs> I don't even think it was five. <laughs> I think it was yeah, more like Clint five letters. He had something to say. He was just like, yes, no, bye. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but basically that's what he did. That was our eight playoff drivers. And if you guys want to know just a little bit, this is not the top 10, but just an observation that I made. Ryan Blaney came in second, Eric Jones came in fourth, Kyle Larson fifth, and Austin Dillon tenth. And why I read those names is because four of the young guys cracked the top 10 at Texas. So that's something to be said, especially considering that we are in the playoffs and Kyle Bush and Clint Boyer didn't even, well, I guess Kyle Bush did crack the top 20, but it's the playoffs. Top 20 is not going to help you. But I thought that was interesting that Blaney, who was in the playoffs, but he's out. He came in second. And then Larson as well came in fifth. Eric fourth. And of course, I read that out of order, but you guys understand why. And Austin Dillon tenth. And if you guys, I always say you guys, I need to stop saying that, huh? (laughs) I will just say if you want to know, and I'm sure you already do, but just because we need to save this while we're doing the podcast so you know what we're talking about. Kevin Harvick, Joy Logano, Kyle Bush, and Martin Truex Jr. would be in the playoffs if they started today. And Kurt Bush, Chase Elliott, Eric Amarola, and Clint Boyer would be out. And one little tidbit, Martin Truex Jr., Kurt Bush, and Clint Boyer are the only three playoff drivers out of the eight who have not won a race in the playoffs. You guys got that news now. Let's talk about some real news. Let's see what's going on in NASCAR. Oh, well, we did say we were going to talk about your boy, Joey, 
and Eric Amarola. But I feel like it's more Eric than it is Joy because, as we said last week, Joy was just being Joy. Yep, you're right. And uh, now I think Eric wants just to be um, Eric. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know, Tam. Now I'm trying to figure this one out in a weird way only because after the race, Eric Amarola is just kind of like, you know, I'm not sure what his deal is. But if he wants to race me like that, then, and Amarola said, and, and he was quoted saying this, that if he's not in the final four at Homestead, Joey Logano's going to know about it. And just like what we were talking about, Martin Truix, is he that guy that will stick to his words and say he'll do something like Eric Amarola says? No, but Eric is a different guy, different driver. I honestly believe Eric Amarola will take out Joey Logano if he, if he gets that opportunity. I, I don't know. Do you? He shouldn't. Oh, you know what I just thought about? And I don't think anybody brought it up the entire time that it was going down. And I haven't been on Twitter since the race, really. So I'm not sure if anybody has thought about it. But remember, it was Joey Logano, Danica Patrick and Eric Amarola who got in the accident that caused Eric to be out. That's correct. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that till just now you said that. I forgot all about it because, you know, as I was listening to you talk and then I started think like, it's not like Eric and Joey have history. So what is the problem? But then it clicked and that could be the problem. Yes. And what's funny, though, is that you would think that specific crash would have somehow brought them together that they wouldn't have this riff. You understand what I'm saying? Because remember Logano, even the rest of the races after that, he just didn't seem like the same driver after that. And maybe that was just um, something playing on his psyche a little bit. Because that was a very traumatic crash. Let's be honest. I mean, that's something that I don't wish on any driver. However, and now this is just my opinion, Tam. It was just in my opinion that I just thought Logano just wasn't the same driver when he came back and got on the racetrack. And it didn't matter what racetrack it was. He just wasn't racing the way Logano usually races. He just was not himself, if you will. But you're right. I I didn't even think about that until just now you brought that up. It wasn't even like Joy was sympathetic, apologetic, everygetic that you can think about after the accident. If you recall, he was really shaken up and very concerned about Eric's well-being, as opposed to Danica, who was just like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I'm not quite sure how to interpret or maybe Eric saw something that he thought happened that really didn't and maybe he's calmed down by now but we don't want to forget about Martin Truex Jr. because Martin Truex Jr. he let it be known even though he's kind of backtracked and sidestepped his comments from the week before where he said that pretty much he would take out Joy. Yeah I remember that. I'm not quite sure. I guess we can conclude this by saying Joy better watch his back because a lot of people are pissed off at him. Well, not a lot of people, just two people. But then it could be some phantom people that's <laughs> mad at him because it just seems like everybody's always mad at Joy. What do you think? Yeah, no, <laughs> well, we I, talked I, about this last week. I agree. I agree with everything you just said. I, I have to agree. <laughs> Okay, well, I did want to read something from somebody had tweeted us. Oh, so this is a fan comment. Somebody tweeted this to us on Twitter. It was Stan Counts, and his user on Twitter is at Bullpen451. He writes, yeah, Eric was pissed at himself. No way is Joy going to lay back in fourth or fifth just because he's locked in to Homestead. 
I can't believe Eric really believes that. He will calm down, watch the replay, and realize he was crying. Okay, that was a little harsh, but... Yeah. Hey, and then we got another tweet, and this was from NASCAR Nolan, and his user is NASCAR Nolan, N-O-L-A-N. He tweeted us and said, it's never a good look when a driver complains about another driver racing them hard. I have to agree with that tweet. We joke a lot on this podcast about Joy being Joy, and I just feel like Joy's just that guy that he just always upsets people. But I have to agree with the comment that it was hard racing, and it is the playoffs, and you shouldn't do anything less. Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to play devil's advocate here for just a moment, but from Eric Amarola's standpoint, if you're looking at it the way Eric Amarola is, it's just too coincidental that Joey Logano is, number one, going to wreck me one week, and then the following following week, he's going to almost wreck me again. That I have to say, okay, I get where Eric Amarola is coming from. But at the same point, in my personal opinion, I'm kind of like you where it's like, it is the playoff. This is what people want. They want hard racing and they want good racing. And if it creates drama, then so be it. Renee, do you think at some point NASCAR is going to get involved with the whole everybody gang up on Joy, or is it, I mean, really, it's nothing that they can do. But in the event that Eric Amarola retaliates, or if your boy, well, it ain't really retaliation, because really, Joy didn't do anything to him. But what if Martin Truex Jr. stays true to his word and gets in the back of joy yeah if he doesn't make it i mean does nascar step in because it is on record it's premeditated that he is gonna do something even though he's kind of backpedaling i don't know what do you think i think nascar probably could maybe get involved some kind of way just real quick i almost completely forgot about martin truex jr and joey for that for a minute until you brought it up now here you have two guys already possibly you know head hunting you down so i mean shouldn't nascar get involved if, 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 it, if it turns out that way, I would imagine that NASCAR probably would get involved some kind of way because you're right. It was put out there. It was premeditated. So I would imagine that NASCAR would do something. But then again, it just depends on how it plays out. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Well, what we didn't have to wait and see was how NASCAR handled their own blunder with Jimmy Johnson this weekend. That was mind-boggling that NASCAR made such a huge mistake that sent Jimmy Johnson to the back of the field, and all they did was apologize. And it's not much you can do, but at the same token, I don't know, do you move him up, but then it's not fair for the other drivers. It's just mind-boggling that that type of mistake was made, but more importantly, that is nothing you can do about it. Like Jimmy, he's already having a bad season, but then NASCAR makes this huge mistake that sends him to the back of the field and all they do is issue a statement. Now, there were some things that happened behind the scenes where the team got together with NASCAR officials and the hauler and they talked about it. And then Steve O'Donnell, he made a statement on Twitter And then Jimmy Johnson chimed in and, you know, it was what it was, but I would be heated. I would have been really heated myself. And I know this is just all part of just the way his season has gone. So it almost seems like the point is mute. But the thing is, is that should never happen. That should not happen to anybody whatsoever, whether or not you're having a bad season or not. The one thing I will say is that I thought was kind of cool was uh, I was kind of looking on that Twitter feed 
and just the way that he kind of responded on Twitter. And it was actually kind of refreshing to see some of the comments that were said because Jimmy Johnson kind of really like was professional about it. And there were a lot of people that were tweeting and responding to his tweet to NASCAR about the screw up saying that they've never really been a Jimmy Johnson fan in general, but it's hard not to kind of respect this guy because he handled and has handled some situations like this before in the utmost respectful way and the utmost professional way that you could handle a screw up like this. So that's always nice to read. Well, what else can you do? You can be mad. You can just blow it off. And I mean, at this point, his season is done. It's not much to be done about the season for him. Right. So you just got to kind of blow it off and just say, hey, it's just one of those things. Now, of course, we know if this would have been Kevin Harvick, there would have been lots of conversation because Kevin does not Ooh. let up when it's something that he believes in. I mean, Jimmy's that way, too. I mean, most of us are that way. Like, if we believe wholeheartedly in something being right or wrong, we will go the extra mile. Imagine if Kyle Bu- if it was Kyle Busch. Oh, my God. So there are three people we can imagine if it was Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Brad Keselowski. Yeah. And I threw Brad in only because Brad, I like a good intellectual, and that's what Brad is. And Brad has a tendency to let you know how he feels in a very wordy way. And he would have wrote a blog post about it and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. But it happened to Jimmy. And it is what it is. NASCAR really should be happy it happened to Jimmy because Jimmy is never one to go against the establishment anyway. You know, hey. Okay. Oh, and Jimmy has been confirmed. We got a little teaser video. What was that last week or week before last in regards to him and Fernando Alfonso over in the F1 series. But now it's actually been confirmed that they're going to do an actual car swap in Bahrain right after the F1 championship in Abu Dhabi in a couple of weeks. So that should be exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. I just wish that it was coming on the heels of Jimmy Johnson competing for a championship. Yeah. Does that make sense, Renee? Like, I feel like it's just kind of blah because Jimmy is not in top form at the moment. Right, right. It It is a little blah, but uh, it's actually kind of exciting. I mean, uh, I kind of envy these guys too. I kind of envy you sometimes. And just like our listeners know that you sometimes kind of go out and you get to uh, get in these cars and sometimes get to drive these cars. It's just, it's, that is like one <laughs> of the all-time things that I can just, to get in one of these F1 racing cars, I'm like, oh my God, can you imagine? Yes, oh, well... I actually was looking at some photos and some videos of myself because I keep thinking I'm going to put a reel together, just capturing some of the best moments of my life. And of course, that includes motorsports because motorsports is really dear to my heart. But as I was perusing, you know, I threw out that big fancy word. As I was looking through my photos and videos, I found some footage of me behind the wheel of a Lamborghini and some footage of me when I was in the Ferrari driving. And of course, my famous feel-good footage of me behind a NASCAR uh, when I was in Charlotte at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and they let me do a couple of laps. I truly am blessed, and I have done so many things, but there is so much more that I want to do in motorsports. So people, keep your fingers crossed that big things happen for Renee and I in the future. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Perfect. Oh, and something you said triggered. I think it was when you said blah, blah, whatever. But 
this is one of my connections. Don't worry, it's not a hashtag Tamsaran. It made me think of an article I read about your boy, Brian France, who used to be CEO of NASCAR. Uh Do you guys realize that that case still has not proceeded in regards to his DUI? I know he was supposedly pleading not guilty, but yeah, that's been pushed back. Boy, I would just say this. When you got money, hmm, that's all I'm going to say. And on that note, (laughs) I just want to say it again. When you got money, things happen in your favor. Oh, some positive news. My boy, your boy, Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards was inducted into the Texas Motorsports Hall of Fame? Yeah. Was that it? Yeah. Okay. I don't really recall exactly the correct term of the organization. I I do, but I don't because none of it matters to me. It was just the fact that we got a chance to see our Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what's (laughs) funny is that the Charlotte Observer has a really awesome article about it. And um, here's the crazy thing, Tan, that as I was reading that is, and it makes sense how they put it in what he said, but it it completely makes sense after I read it. But of course, they kept asking him, like, do you miss it? Do you want to come back? You know, is there a chance to come back? You know, you have to ask those questions, you know, it's just human nature that you have to ask those kinds of questions. And he answered it in the best way that he could. And I totally believe him. And Edwards was, was quoted as saying, you know, hey, listen, you know, I do miss the sport. I just don't follow it as much because when you break it down, if I follow it just as much as I miss it, then that means I'm going to follow it to the extent of, well, I might as well be involved in some kind of way. And if I'm going to be involved some kind of way, well, then I might as well just be back at the tracks a lot more than I than I have been. And if I'm going to be back at the tracks a lot more than I have been, then I might as well get back in a car. And if I'm going to get back in the car, then I might as well start competing and racing again. And there you go. And then the next thing you know, you're sucked right back in and it defeats the purpose of of retiring. And it makes sense because you know how these athletes are, Tam. This is what their lives have been and have become and were to a certain extent. I mean, I don't care if it's racing, uh, boxing, uh, baseball, football. If you surround yourself with it, if after you walked after you walked away, and then it just consumes you again, then you find yourself right back where you started from. And uh, he said that was the best way that he knew how to leave the sport was to once he left it, not follow it so much, so that he doesn't find himself back in the race car back where he started. I one hundred percent agree with what he's saying because that's just anything in life. If you want to remove yourself, you need to remove yourself because the more you're still around it, it creeps back into your life (laughs) and it starts to consume you. But I agree with him, but I disagree only because I want to see him back behind the wheel, Renee. Oh, yeah, for for selfish reasons. We already know how there are a couple of drivers and Carl Edwards is one of them. Carl Edwards, Tony Stewart, Clint Boyer kind of got my feelings for Kurt Busch as well as Kyle Busch. But there's just some drivers. Oh, and I guess Dale, but I'm over Dale, but I'm not over Dale. I'm glad Dale Jr. is still attached to the sport. And I actually like this Dale, I think, better than I like Dale the driver because I feel like this Dale is giving us everything. But saying that to say, he's just one of those guys that it pains me not to see them behind the wheel. Yeah. At this point, it's been a couple of years with Tony, but it still pains me not to see Tony. 
And when the day comes where Kurt Busch and Kyle Busch are no longer racing, I'm going to be upset as well. Because I know you guys love to hate both of those guys, but they're great for the sport. And Clint is just great because the personality is always on 10. It's nothing cookie cutter about Clint Boyer. You never know what you're going to get and what he's going to say. And now that he's in some great equipment and he's driving a top level, this is what it's all about. Yes, ma'am. So on that note, as I always say, Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards, we miss you. Please come back. Oh, just a quick little tidbit. Carl got out the car and Daniel got in, but now Daniel's leaving Joe Gibbs Racing. We still don't know where he's going to land, so that should be interesting. Yeah, no cube. Okay, first of all, let me go back to my little two-minute speech about my drivers. Somehow, I forgot to include my quiet assassin, Matt Kenseth. To me, the sport is not the same with Matt Kenseth, but clearly the sport has gone on and moved on without Matt. But he is a driver that I truly miss as well. Yes, ma'am. Is there one driver, Renee, that you just miss? And modern day drivers, of course, I know some of you listeners are like, oh, the Intimidator and all these, you know, Richard Petty. But we're talking about current era drivers. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Greg Biffle is one of those guys that just kind of just. Oh, my out. God. Yeah. I forgot. I would love, I would love to see Biffle back in that NASCAR. Just, ooh, boy. Man, let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> the Biff, Biffle. We kind of covered some fan conversation earlier, so no need to go into the fan comment of the week. Plus, we didn't do our hashtag NASCAR talk. Let's just jump into Phoenix and some predictions. At this point of the show, it is time for some predictions. Let's do it. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, who you got at Phoenix, the last race before championship race? Okay, well, here you go. I'm going to try to put everything in perspective and uh, how everything has kind of like unfolded so far at this point. And I don't know why this is going to come out of my mouth, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This is who I think is going to uh, end up in victory lane. I don't know why, but I'm going to go with Chase Elliott winning Phoenix. It's a stretch for some reason at this point, although I know he can do it, but for some reason, I don't know why I'm stuck on Chase Elliott right now, but I'm going to go with Chase Elliott as my winner and my alternative pick I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. I don't know why I'm going with either one of those two because I usually go off of vibes. But for some reason, they're not like high vibes, but they're just for some reason, they're sticking out in my head. And don't ask me why. I'm just going to stick with them. Those are my picks and I'm not changing. Renee, no history lesson today. You know why? Why? Because nobody cares what happened in the past at Phoenix. It's all about what's going to go down this weekend. There are four drivers that if the playoffs started today, they would be out. We read those four drivers earlier. But just a recap, Kurt, Chase Elliott, Eric Amarola, and Clint Boyer are done if the playoffs started today. And they're done if they don't do much. Well, Kurt could possibly get in, but Clint has to win to get in. I am going to tell you my thought. Harvick won the race earlier this year at Phoenix. Remember when he rattled off all those wins in a row? Yeah. He has nine wins at Phoenix. And not only does he have nine wins at Phoenix, he has four in a row. And he's won a race every year at Phoenix from 2012 to this year, 2018, with the exception of 2017. So that's pretty impressive. That is impressive. He has won in every series. 
at Phoenix. He's won in the Cup Series. He's won in Trucks. And he's won in Xfinity. Because my man Harvick is a winner and he's won like that with an explanation mark at Phoenix. And he's hot. Let's face it. Yeah. I mean, the way he hit that switch, because I'm still convinced he hit a switch and blew by Blaney this past weekend. He is on fire. So I am going to pick Harvick with the win at Phoenix for the complete sweep for 2018. But you know what? I'm kind of feeling like my alternative, staying true to really wanting someone from Stuart Haas racing to get over the hump and get in the final four, I am going to pick Clint and Kurt. I know it's only one, but I feel like either Clint or Kurt is going to win. Those are my two alternatives. So I'm going with not one, but two alternatives. So my winner is Harvick and my alternative is Clint or Kurt. Aha, there you go. Those are her picks and those are my picks. Why don't you send us in your picks? And as we always say for me and Tam, please, please, please don't forget to go and hit the subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of All Turns No Breaks. Please hit us up on our social media across the board, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of that good stuff. Make sure to follow us at Turns No Breaks. For Tam and myself, we always appreciate and always love talking NASCAR each and every week, and especially next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> now, let me say it with some bass in my voice. Bye-bye. Love it. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 